Did you guys' parents spare the ride? <laughs> nope. No. To the no, no, no. Let's go. Let's go back to church. Blessings and welcome back to another episode of Pew Babies, your millennial apostolic podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Church Clap. I'm um, the apostle to the food. And it's another day that the Lord has kept me. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we had a spirit. We had a little devotional service before we got on here. Mm. <laughs> Apostle took us back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how was y'all week? How's everything going this week? It was okay. My week was blessed and highly favored. <laughs> but yeah, my week was fine. Um, trying to see what happened. I had to renew my driver's license today in VA. I like it better the way they have it now because it's. I think it's faster when you have to make an appointment that you come in. But other than that, I'm trying to figure out, I went roller skating this week too. I tried to do that weekly. Somebody broke their ankle, Ooh. some older lady. And I was like, oh, I felt bad. But keep going for it. <laughs> How about you, William Seymour's? Successive. Yeah, because we're bringing back Azusa this year. Amen. Revive us, Lord. Amen. No, my week has been tiring. So if I start talking out of my head on this show, you guys mute me. Um, But it's been a tiring, long week. But we made it to Friday. Um, We're still here. So been been going pretty good. How about you, Ron? How's your week, man? It's been good. God's been encouraging me. I was kind of down earlier this week. But have you ever been in a place like God will have people contact you or call you, reach out? That happened a lot. So I'm grateful. Oh, praise it's God. It's a good week. Yep. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm not going to do Bible trivia this week because I think we've done enough. Saints, <laughs> just read your word. Stay in the word. But um, do have a Black Apostolic History feature for you guys this week. We're going to be featuring Pastor Garfield Thomas Haywood. He was an American pastor and songwriter who served as the presiding bishop of Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, PAW. Pastor Haywood founded Christ Temple Church in 1909, which grew to be about 1,500 biracial members um, in the congregation. So it was a mixed congregation. In 1915, he received a copy of Frank Eward's paper, Meet in Due Season. Frank Eward, he was the founder of the UPCI. Um, and that paper argued for Jesus's name doctrine. And that eventually led to Pastor Haywood being rebaptized in Jesus' name, as well as 465 members of his congregation. Um, and that kind of spread oneness Pentecostalism in Indiana. Because of Jim Crow laws and other racial issues, PAW ended up splitting on racial lines. And that's how uh, Bishop Hayward became the pastor of Pentecostal's Assembly of the World. Um, and he wrote many gospel songs during his lifetime, just to name a few, Jesus, the Son of God, I See a Crimson Stream of Blood, and Do All in Jesus's Name. And that is your Black History feature for this week. Amen. Uh, we love to see it. We love to hear it. Pastor, do you have something for us this week? I actually do. I have a church uh, this week. Shout out to our friends of the show that watch this church on Sunday mornings. I wanted to feature the Greater Bethlehem Temple Church in Mississippi. It's under the leadership of Pastor Robert and Lady Shakita Fortson. Greater Bethlehem Temple Church's mission is to build on a righteous foundation, glorifying God in worship and activities by proclaiming 
proclaiming and exemplifying the life and truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to his members and to the community. So they can be found in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, and we will list all of the address, the information, um, and also all of their uh, social media handles as well. I've actually had a chance to tune into their live services, and I love what I see. Lots of young people in the service. The music is great, which is a big factor. I know when I'm looking for a church, I'm, I'm looking at the music department, um, but it just seemed to really just kind of be on one accord and you can just feel the togetherness when you look at their services, whatever, you feel the sincerity. If you're in the Jackson, Mississippi area looking for an apostolic church, things get back to normal, definitely check out the Greater Bethlehem Temple Church. And if your church is a church that welcoming to millennials and think would be a great fit for someone looking for a church, please email us at pbabies at gmail.com. Amen. Amen. Greater Bethlehem. I know I'm about to get a call, but yes, the preaching is really good too. So if you're looking for a virtual service, you should definitely tune in. So now we're coming to the church announcements, y'all. All right. So um, there's some stuff going on overseas. The UK is using children as undercover spies, report says. This was somehow um, posted under the Christian News um, as something that could be progressive and may become a bill in the United States, possibly in the future, to have children uh, be a part of the investigations or any investigations with their parents, I guess. Sorry, I need clarification. So they're grabbing the kids as potential witnesses, etc., against their parents when they're... Is that what the bill is doing? Okay. Yes. Being able to basically use them in their investigations. Is your mama a Christian? <laughs> Does she have a Bible <laughs> on a nightstand? Like, oh, wow. wow. So it starts somewhere. You know how the world does it. It's little seeds in little places. Well, the UK, that's kind of close. I can see that happening because I know the children are already ratting out their parents that was at the uh, Capitol building. (laughs) 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 The children are already telling their parents, so I can see that happening. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a little concerning, though, because you don't want to be using information from kids. Are they viable sources? Not just are they like reliable sources, but also like they could be easily manipulated and confused. (laughs) Like I'm not really for it. And all right, this next story is um, New York University Stern Center for Business and Human Rights released a brief this week that is being amplified in the press entitled False Accusation, the Unfounded Claim that Social Media Companies Censor conservatives. So it argues that some conservatives believe their content is suppressed on partisan grounds when in fact is being singled out because it violates neutral platform rules. I think we need to differentiate conservatism, conservatism versus like hate speech and other forms of speech that are harmful and hurtful to people. Because a lot of times that goes hand in hand. A lot of people were getting away from policies as far as being conservative and what that means. And we're moving towards uh, the conservative speech that they want to hide is like either blatant lies about things that are happening or it's racist or it's telling people not to take vaccines because like it's connected to 666 and that's not true because if you read the word like you'll know that the people are going to be raptured first before that comes anyway we won't go into all that but like it's it's just fake information and we have to suppress i don't know we need to get back to truth so yeah i agree wholeheartedly with what ron said um i i sometimes will I don't want to use the word troll, but sometimes I do go on some of these conservative, like extreme right pages <laughs> just to see what they're talking about. And most of the time, Facebook flags their articles as false information. And they're, the first thing they say is, oh, here comes mainstream media. Here comes social media, uh, 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 you know, clocking what we're saying. Or they're trying to, they're, they're, what is the word they like to use? They love to use that word. Uh, they're, they're trying to... Um, 
uh, censor what we're saying. They love censoring us, but no, what you what what they're censoring are actual lies. Like you know, they keep spreading this you know myth that the election was stolen, or they keep spreading this myth about the vaccine, keep spreading this myth about our current president and all this other stuff. And to me, like. It, it, social media, a lot of people should be banned from social media because to me, if you are inciting a whole riot or insurrection on social media, you need to be banned. You know, and if you are on social media being racist, but what they want to do, they want to be able to be racist and 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 spread rumors and spread all these lies, spread all this propaganda without being held accountable. And they know when they go to these sites like Parler and any of these other sites, they're not going to be held accountable as much as they will on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other social media place. So it's not that they're being singled out. They're just mad they lost control. That's what it boils down to. You can create your own platform, which you have. You have your social media sites and y'all post to that. So it's okay. All right. So we're going to move on to some sad news. So. Cool JC's international music department mourns the passing of the department trailblazer and legendary gospel artist, Dr. Douglas L. Miller. He began recording in 1979 and his um, album rose to number five on the Billboard top gospel album charts. And um, following that, he produced two songs that became associated with him, one was My Soul Has Been Anchored in the Lord, which became his signature song, um, as well as Unspeakable Joy. We'll also try to keep his family in prayer. And um, it's good that we could take a part of his legendary uh, music ministry that he left behind. So any thoughts? Any solos? Y'all want to give us a snippet? I'm trying to hold back. <laughs> like, I think it's sad because the, like, legends and people that we grew up with that were super influential, they're starting to pass away. And um, and he's just another name on the long, long list of people that um, we're losing, which is sad. But, yeah. like, we're glad for people's legacy. Thank God for the legacy. And he was, what, in his 70s? I believe so. He's pretty young. They're still young, I say. Yeah, he's young, but he reached the age that God promised. So I don't know. <laughs> you researched that one scripture. <laughs> now that you use it for everything. <laughs> I love that so Ron. <laughs> we definitely, I think he's going to be missed within gospel music. Um, one of my favorite songs by him was Pass Me Not. He redid the hymn and broke it down for a choir song. Um, Sopranos sound like cheerleaders on that vamp, but it sounds good. Do not pass me by. I don't play the Sopranos. <laughs> he be hating because he can't even hit those notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. Uh, but no, but we, it'll be missing. I was just sharing with one of my friends last night. You know, it's crazy because gospel music that we remember from like, you know, growing up in the 90s and 2000s, it's not the same as you hear now. Like everything sounds alike. Um, everything is about a vibe or everything is is trans, you know, R&B gospel. So it could be played on a, go- a gospel station, playing on an R&B station. Everything, by singing about how Jesus is so beautiful. And he is beautiful, but I, I want to hear some church music, y'all. Like, I want to hear... Uh, <laughs> Stop. He, he's, a, he's beautiful, you know. He's beautiful, but I mean, I just, I don't, that's not the same theme of music I want to hear. And when you hear people like Douglas Miller dying, like lord who do we have left that's going to give us like church music or give us solos because i remember you know i used to love to hear my goddad sing my soul is anchored you know on sunday morning they would ask him to sing a solo and he was singing my soul is anchored and you know we're just losing those artists that used to give us songs of the morning you know so songs of the morning songs of the churches don't do that no more songs of the morning Respite song. We're gonna have Sister Ron give us her song of the morning this morning. <laughs> Through the storm, like why Ron singing so deep? But okay, <laughs> that concludes our church announcements, y'all. Yeah, so we about to move into the discussion portion of our uh, show on tonight. Um, our topic today is raising the way. 
And so I want to talk about uh, our parents and growing up in church and things of that nature. Anyway, <laughs> so um, my first question, what was the most important lesson your parents taught you as a pew baby? You're going to go to hell if you don't get saved. <laughs> important, very important lesson. Terry today. <laughs> right now, 1-800-Terry. Call it right now at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Say Right, right? 1-800-G-G-G-G. No. Good idea with COVID going on, hey. Hey, man. I heard people getting it. They got prayer lines out there. I heard people getting it over the phone. Hey. We're going to double check it when the church door is open. Trust and believe. Oh, Lord. Double check it. Make sure you weren't playing the recording over the phone by your mama's tongues. All right, anyway. Why we do that? Why you got to show the states that you can speak in tongues? I know. (laughs) The problem doesn't say that. Okay, well, yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, my parents, what did they teach me? They always taught me uh, excellence. So, um, yeah, they, I guess having a spirit of excellence, um, cause that helped translate into my Christian walk, you know, uh, as far as striving for perfection, you know, um, loving people, not according to, you know, how they should be treated, but how you would want to be treated. Like there's certain levels of excellence that, um, they promoted, um, as well as truth and honesty, because, that helped a lot uh, as far as like realizing the truth within yourself, as well as researching the truth in the word and comparing it to how the world is. Just pointing out different fallacies within different like systems and stuff. So I think that's some of the things that they instilled that, that I remember, but definitely having a spirit of excellence and um yeah, researching the truth. Pretty much the same. Uh, also, like, putting God first. Like, growing up, like, even though parents, you know, definitely both work, they owned a business on the side, they they did not let that get in the way of them putting God first. Like, you know, we still was, you know, going to church. We, You know, no matter what we had going on, unless it was like a dire circumstance. And when I was growing up, we had church three nights a week, all day Sunday, but they still like put God first in everything that they did. Like whether we had something going on, if, you know, something needed to be done that that involved church, it was definitely drop everything. And we're going to, you know, get this done. Cause it was all about God was the, was the one that provided these avenues for us to be blessed. Like we're not going to put him on a back burner because this is something we asked for. And that's something that's always stuck with me. I know it sounds cliche and it sounds simple, but that was what it was like they that will always no matter how far you go how how much you climb to the top always keep god first in everything you do you take him out of the equation you'll fail mm. what about you ron my parents really taught me to fear god and like have respect and reverence for god and his house and then they also taught me, my mom, like every time she testifies, people know her. She's like, he cares, he cares. But <laughs> they taught me about like having a praying life and just like having faith and trusting in God that he's going to work things out. Like I remember when I was younger, my parents wouldn't tell us like everything that was happening in the house. But my mom had testified one time about like how people were coming to like see our home and possibly take it. And how like in the ninth hour, <laughs> like God came through and blessed them with money to, in order to pay for everything. And we didn't have to work. And like, I, I looked at her like this all happened and I was there and I didn't know, like my parents didn't tell me everything that happened, but like they would testify about the goodness of God and how he worked things in our lives and just that faith. And like kind of as being a kid with that blind faith of like just knowing, I'm sure all of us experience it where um, you knew that your parents didn't have a lot of things, but you always had everything that you needed and that we could have that same faith in Jesus Christ was just amazing. So I didn't realize the poorness, son. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought we already had it. Then until you go to somebody else's house, it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I was content. 
But anyway, <laughs> isn't that crazy though? Like you don't be even knowing that you'd be living in poverty, and then <laughs> I mean we weren't no. impoverished, but like you know, you didn't have. Well, it's because your parents made sure that you never had to feel that, you know, because when you start to feel that as a as a child or going to school, that affects the way you learn and the way you you know develop and stuff. Because I know my dad would talks about how like they grew up poor. And you be going, you go to school and, you know, you ha- it affect the way you learn because you're going to try to figure out, like, well, how this going to happen or why these kids, you know, so it affects you. So that's, that's how good. you start competing. Yeah. And that's how you start competing and, and comparing. And But I think the good thing with them, too, is that they taught us the importance of work. Like we had chores and we get paid for our chores. I started my first job was with my dad's business. I paid? I don't get paid for chores. Like, what? That's nice. Tell me some y'all poor. No, y'all not. It was when we were reaching a high time in life. That's, but it was still, still, you had to work for it, though. You still had to put in work okay. to get those things. But all, all right. right. Okay. Okay. Back to raised in the way. Um, so the scripture talks about spare the rod, spoil the child. Did you guys' parents spare the rod? <laughs> No, to the no, 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 (laughs) no, my parents didn't. So, um, which I'm grateful that they didn't because I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Corporal punishment, as well as you learn about (laughs) Spiritual punishment. <laughs> what you laughing about? Uh, legal terms. So like, <laughs> but yes. Um. So yeah, my parents did. I'm grateful for it. I wouldn't be where I am. I probably would be a lazy bum if they didn't. So, <laughs> and I probably wouldn't be as disciplined am I as I am in the faith, um, because God whips you in ways that. <laughs> which we probably have experienced in life, you know, uh, through his word and just through, sometimes we just whip ourselves because we just don't listen. <laughs> and we just, it's just the consequences of bad decisions. But um, yeah, I remember this one time I got beat with the 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 phone cord, the little skinny oh, phone cord. Oh, Lord. I got choked out one time. Oh, God. <laughs> I got punched in the stomach. Oh, wait, sorry, wait, wait, Lord, I'm parents. Oh, Oh no! Clap, clap. We're gonna go ahead and mute your mic. I gotta call. Oh uh, no! no. <laughs> I'm gonna call. Gotta call DSS right so- quick. I got a friend that work at DSS. Let me call. Oh, it's too late now. <laughs> Let me call. That was years. That was back in 1990s. So yeah, man, I've been through many hard trials, but the Lord brought me through alive. Praise God. Amen. I'm not in jail and I'm not dead. So as for me, uh <laughs> Rob's looking at me. As for me, um, I got that I got definitely got that rod of correction growing up. Like my dad didn't play, my mom didn't play, my dad definitely didn't play. Uh, because my dad's thing was, you know, you're not gonna embarrass me. Like you go out to this school, you know, you're not gonna be out here like. And, you know, every time you turn around, I got to come out to the school because if my if they ever had to call my dad at work for something I did, it was going to be a wrap. When I got, remember my the teacher called home from school, I did something stupid in class and it interrupted the class. And so she called my dad and when she called my dad, like he was at work and I remember it was a church night, got home from school. Everything was cool. I was coming down the hallway. You know, good. Well, was it? <laughs> I hate when they do those. <laughs> and my dad just started like he was like, "So what happened today at school?" You he started hitting me with his hand. His big hand started hitting me with his hand. I want. I wasn't crying, so he went and got that belt. Why you ain't cry? See, you fight. You fought you it. You should act, never bro. fight you it, man. Act. Never fight it, dog. Too stubborn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got that belt and got whooped. I think that was probably one of the last whoops I got because I I just I've straightened up after that. I just did not want mm-hmm. to get a phone call home anymore. You know, from from <laughs> you know from from school and have to face that kind of punishment. So yeah. <laughs> no, I was a good child, so it's like no, I got beaten. <laughs> Plenty of that. Me, it's funny because me and my little brother, we had this, at least I had this this uh, kind of method where I would cry. And if I cried enough, 
that the beating would be less, especially with my mom, because my dad would be like, why are you beating my kids? And I'd be like, thank you, Lord. Come save us. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely did not get spared. And it's funny because I remember um, our bishop, he was preaching one Sunday about how um, you're not supposed to provoke your children to anger. And every time... <laughs> Y'all misuse scripture. (laughs) Y'all need to read Proverbs, but I was like, I was like, yeah, don't be provoking me either. (laughs) Stop. I thought it said fathers. Yeah, provoke not that. Yeah, whatever it's the scripture said, but I took that and I ran with it. I was like, don't provoke me either. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) that's why I stay be chewing that. Look at her mouth. They should have got her mouth. Only in my head, like I just thinking. I was one of those kids that you just think Uh, horrible things, but you know, you used to run away in your head. Used to write little. I used to write letters and say, "I'm leaving." Oh God. Good way Whoa. to get your legs broke. Yeah. <laughs> was y'all was y'all church a kind of church where like everyone was allowed to discipline you, or would they normally go to your parents? They would go to my parents. Well, they would go to my parents, but like if like the mother, because the first lady she would watch us, they would discipline us, and I, you know, like you get tapped on the hands with the, with the ruler or something. But it wasn't nothing like get the belt and you're always getting hit with an object clap that's what <laughs> i know i know i just yeah that way if i get in fights i don't feel it as much because i've been beat up for the whole, for the rest of my well for most of my life <laughs> so no. fighting, sis? Oh, no nobody way. see what had happened was i only got in one fight and that was back in elementary school and it was with a dude i never fought a girl it was with a dude he spit in my head y'all Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he had to get stitches too. I thought I was done. Grabbed the brick. I wasn't playing. Oh, anyway, Jesus. Next, <laughs> um, do did your home life reflect what was taught at church? Do you feel like your parents tried to like maintain the same thing that happened at church, or were they? I mean, I'm still in church, so I'll have to say yes to that. Um, one thing I would say, my parents did live out what was being taught in the church so I got it at home too so it was like no excuse as to why I wasn't you know I was still held to that same standard and held accountable uh when it came to certain things like in my house we had prayer we had family prayer we had family bible study like basically everything that the church had we had separately too um so just to reinforce what was taught and what was um different doctrines Right. So <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what you mean, different doctrines. Same doctrine. I was <laughs> like, what? I agreed to it. I'm like, what? Hold on. <laughs> but no. So basically, and then that gave us a time to actually discuss the scripture, which growing up, I, it's rare to find people who are allowed to discuss the scripture or kids or parents who would actually have a full philosophical or theological conversation with their children. And I think that helped shape our analytical thinking when it came to reading the Bible versus reading or looking at the news. Like you're able to decipher what's real and what's fake because it was reinforced as a kid, you know. So definitely solidified my walk in Christ. <sighs> I don't answer this. Um, oh, and no. I didn't. I, <laughs> I didn't go to prom either growing up. So, because <laughs> the doctrine, the doctrine, the doctrine was uh, reinforced. But it's not just joking. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, I mean, it it was it was definitely reinforced. Like it was reinforced here. It's like certain things just weren't gonna go on in this house. But like also, I didn't get saved till I was fifteen. So, but like so before then, like. It wasn't that my my parents were like, but they were just like, you you know, it was certain things that would, and then they also realized too, I was a high, I was a student in high school. So even though like, you know, there would be times when there was like, they didn't really want us going to basketball games. My mom would be like, well, you're in high school. You should enjoy that time. So I give you permission to go. And, you know, same thing like with the movies, like anyone's going to the movies at one point. And mom was like, okay, like I give you permission to go because you know, the same thing that you can do in the movies, 
you can do here with the lights turned off. So, uh, so my parents were always like very rational when it came down to stuff like that. They were really good at really dissecting things that sounded crazy over the pulpit. And that's how they ruled a house, you know, like um, they were very big on like, you know, I don't want to say separating church and home because what that's what it that wasn't what it was at all, but it had to make sense in order for it to be the rules of their house, like like going to prom and stuff like that. Like our pastor didn't really have a problem with that anyway, per se, but my parents were definitely like, Yeah, go to prom, like, you know enjoy your high school years. Like there's no reason why you should look back at high school and then you miss out on a whole lot of stuff. Like, please go. So that that's how I was kind of raised, but it was still also to that balance of, uh, you need still need to be, you still, you need the Holy ghost, you know, before I got it, you need the Holy ghost. Like you need to try to reach out for the Holy ghost. You need to try to seek the Holy ghost, blah, 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 blah. But, um, that was, a, it was more of a balance. They didn't try to shove stuff down my throat. So. You guys know my parents were consistent. <laughs> Whenever I came over the pulpit, came at home. Oh. Um, definitely. My dad was big on even if you just stayed at his house, like my older brothers, when they would come to visit for like extended periods of time, like everybody had to follow. The You going to church, you going to do this, you going to do that. My nieces would come. Sometimes they would come with pants. We bought them dresses and they would go back home with dresses. Like you were going to fit what the house um, was and I mean I I don't I appreciate it like looking back on it I appreciate the consistency and because I didn't know a different way I should say um there was nothing for me to compare it to I remember like when my brothers first came that they exposed me to BET and I didn't even know it existed and I was like what is this I was like, oh, um, entertainment television. <laughs> yeah, I was like, huh. That was when the music videos used to come up, and you're like, whoa. Bobby Jones. Oh yeah, the bad stuff. Oh yeah, no, this was like Beyonce. <laughs> it was not. It was not bad. Okay, it was not bad. <laughs> yeah, they had a little church in their life. <laughs> a little church in their life. BT, they tried. They tried. It's like we spiritual too, y'all. And it's like, all right, give us our little two hours on Sunday mornings. Thank <laughs> right. you. Back to the videos. Lift every voice. And then by the nighttime, you watching some <laughs> whatever. Right. Some crazy <laughs> stuff. But yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they were definitely consistent. So name one thing that you would keep from your upbringing. Being drug to Terry in service. Because that is one thing <laughs> that, was, that was consistent. <laughs> You know, like I tell y'all this all the time, you know, we we would have actual tarrying service. And so sometimes, you know, you thought you was gonna play outside with your friends. Mm-mm. Nope, you was on your way to Terry. No, um uh, I'll just aside. I probably would keep just like probably the consistency of like explaining too much of the importance of of not only going to church but having that relationship with God, whatever. And I would still keep the balance of, you know, the way I was raised, like as long as it fits into what like my beliefs are. So like, I I would not withhold like certain things from my, from my kids from doing or going to or being exposed to, you know, especially if they're in high school and things like that. If, you know, if it's something that they could possibly be exposed to as an adult anyway. Um, so I would definitely keep that balance, which is something I really love that my mom and dad did. They did not, they weren't like parents that kept me away from stuff just because, oh, you know, they said don't do it. You know, that has to it had to make sense, it had to be logical. And I think that I would definitely keep that for my family as well. Like it has to make sense. Like if you I'm not gonna tell my, you know, child that you know, they can't go to the basketball games if that's not, there's no logic behind it. It's just because that's your preference. Like, because I think, you know, in my household, that's how I'm going to run my household that I pay the bills here. So that's how this is going to be run. So I would probably keep that aspect of it. And I probably would just add, well, go ahead. No, I would probably add probably having, you know, those, those Bible discussions in my household, like just talking, continue to talk about the Bible and also like teaching my children about faith and believing and believing, 
you know, on, you know, the word and, you know, really like trusting God and things like that. I would probably uh, do because my parents told me about that, but I would probably do more along the lines of indoctrinating my children with trusting God and, you know, really having faith in the importance of having God in your life. So, um, so yeah, I would just keep the same upbringing that I grew up with. Um, I will add testimonies because I want to get I want to teach my children how to testify (laughs) and have them get used to it because that's what we're supposed to do testify helps encourage uh, one another helps us encourage one another and um, that's something that I would add kind of like what apostle said as far as like rightly dividing the word making sure uh, making sure it's logical (laughs) and what we're doing because I don't want to just pass down church traditions I want to pass down uh, this biblical sound doctrine, because um, I don't want anything hindering, you know, the relationship that my children may have or my, the relationship that um, my children may build with God. Um, so that's just kind of my thing. So because we grew up. OK, so that's another thing. So kind of like apostle. I'm going off kind of like apostle <laughs> in his church. Like, I didn't know that we weren't allowed to go to the movies, but. I, my parents let me go like stuff like that so and like they didn't believe in dancing but then my parents my mother likes to dance so she used to let us dance in the house but it wasn't like bad dancing like you're not gonna be out here twerking yeah, what you dancing clap <laughs> to stomp like gospel songs because that's all we listened to growing up like <laughs> you dance to like the new age kurt franklin he was new age with the with his beats back then so that's all we had <laughs> that's all we had to rock with but um so yeah certain stuff that and then eventually they let people start praise dancing in church so it just was one of those things but it had to glorify and edify the lord mm-hmm. but yeah that's what i incorporate and then my ears were pierced you're gonna get your child i was just all over probably my daughter's I mean, we have. I'm not gonna get into the debate about it. I mean, the Bible also talks about the braiding of the hair, and we do it, the clading of the hair, which means braiding. So, I mean, you just pick and choose. But if it gets too much, like if they get, you know, small earrings and no hoops and nothing like that, nothing huge. Like, you gotta be modest. I wore studs my whole life because that's all I could wear. And I'm scared to wear hoop earrings because I think that's going to draw more attention. And I always had this fear that someone's going to rip it out. So <laughs> I just don't even wear them because they're not even, they're too big. I'm not like, this is your personal <laughs> business. But <laughs> I just want to ask you a question. This, this is probably going to be deleted. But like your parents Why? got you. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm in your business. Your okay. parents, okay. your parents like pierced your ears before they got saved, right? Before they got saved, yeah. So even though you're saved, you're gonna pinch your kids' ears, even though your parents did it before they came to the knowledge. But even though they came to the knowledge, mind you, I was six, I still had earrings in my ear. Cause wouldn't they have taken them out? Now we know that this is bad. You're not wearing earrings. Like they did that with the pants. Cause one moment I was wearing pants and mm-hmm. Also, I'm wearing skirts all the time. So it was just like, we changed that, but they didn't change the earring thing. So gotcha. just let me keep my earrings. Cause it was like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, no, yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the pants thing. So it's just like, it. I mean, it doesn't, I don't know. It depends. So, I mean, it doesn't hinder. I don't feel like it has hindered me because my ears have been pierced my whole life. You know, I've been out there like, you know, it, I don't feel like it impacted me personally. For someone else, it may. I don't know. So uh, that's something that a person will have to individually work out. But that's just me. Okay. Yeah, no, I was just curious. Yeah. I think for me, just making sure that my kids are at church consistently like my parents they like every time the church was open like we would be there i think like teaching kids early on faithfulness and what it means to like make sure that you're in church is important so that way like i don't know church is like a regular routine to me and even if i get away like even 
when I was like living abroad and I was in my rough moments, like I knew to at least find a church so that way I can get myself back together. So and that's the thing. My parents, I mean, they kept us in church. We always went to every single church service until like even when the pastor retired and nobody was there, like we always showed up <laughs> and it would right. just be us in there. But like even when I went away for college, they did make sure that I had a church to go to. But like it wasn't like pressed they were kind of like, okay, you got to make the decision. My parents, basically, you got to make the decision on your own what you want to do. Do you want to stick with what you're doing, you know, or do you want to go out there in the world? And mind you, I was a kid that, like, I always felt lonely going through school because I was the only, I felt like I wasn't the only Christian, but it felt like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, of course, the devil will make you feel like you're alone. You know, and I was like, man, I'm out here alone. I'm the only, you know, one believing the truth. And that wasn't true. I mean, because I met a few people along the way that believed the same thing. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. I pretty much had that fear because I was saved young. I pretty much was like, nah, I'm too scared to go out here and do anything. You know, so my parents also like, once again, you're going to hell if you, <laughs> so they preach hell in the house. So it's kind of like, I'm scared. Oh my God. I'm going to get hit by a bus. I mean, that's the, that's the point of being raised in the way, like that's why the scripture says train up a child in the way they should go. You know what I mean? So you just got to instill those values. What's one thing that you would change while you were growing up as a PBB that you would not incorporate? Uh, probably the one thing I would change is like, Anything negative that I have to say about like the church or leadership at the church, I would never speak that around my children, especially as they're developing their spiritual walk, because it it can taint your spiritual walk because you're going to always be comparing what you're in and what you're doing to other ministries. And that's what I found myself, you know, doing sometimes like, oh, well, why? Why is this? Why that? And all other stuff. And I would have been probably perfectly fine. Had I, you know, not heard a lot, you know, or going out to eat with the saints, you know, you would hear, you know, all of these frustrations come out of the table or, you know, about like different people. So I would definitely not divulge that in front of my um, child because that can stunt your spiritual walk. And I know for me, it did because it was like, well, shoot, where can, where can you go? Because y'all are saying the anointing is not here. Y'all are saying, you know, this, that, and third is not happening. You know, so what in the world? You know, that's why, like, now my biggest thing is I would love to find a church, a non-toxic church, or have a non-toxic church experience. <laughs> that's my that's dream. That's never going to happen. The church is perfect, brother. <laughs> No. no, I know that, but I just want to no, no, no. toxic, like... I got you. Yeah. You got to be fresh to it. Yeah, you do. And I think that's one of the things I would do. I would just go to a church that I 100% agree with and align with. I don't want to have to make tweaks in my house. Like, right. it should be... And I know that sometimes that's just all you have, you know? Like, we just got to go here for the time being, but you know, I would, I don't I want that consistency. I want to trust everything that is being said over that pulpit that way. Like Mike said, cause I heard those things too. Growing up though, I didn't hear it as a kid, but growing up, you start hearing it and it does make you question the leadership. But I mean, I mean, now that we're older, we examine everything. Cause that's, they were making some good points, but um. <laughs> But I think that's one of the things I would incorporate in something else I was going to say. Oh, so growing up, I wore skirts. I don't wear skirts 24-7 like I used to now. So, but with that whole shift, I know that growing up when I had the skirts, um, I was taught that everyone who didn't look like me looked like me was going to go to hell. Like, you wore pants, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. So there was no, like tolerance i'll have to say when it comes to someone who was who was apostolic and they wore pants you know it was kind of like well god ain't listening to you you know he's not listening to your prayers you're going to hell anyway next sort of thing so um i think for my kids i would just teach them like not everybody is going to have the same doctrine as you but the Mm -hmm. foundational beliefs are what's important um, because 
I mean, you're going to see people who don't look like you doing or have that have special anointings where God has blessed them and, and they're being utilized by God. And they believe in the same foundational doctrine of, you know, being baptized by the Holy Ghost, as well as water, speaking in tongues at the spirit gives utterance and operating through the gifts of the spirit. You're going to see that. <laughs> from in people that look different from you, that dress different from you, you know, because it may their culture may be different from the American culture. We wear pants and skirts, and some places they don't, you know, you know, they wear villages. I don't know what they're wearing out there, but <laughs> it, the, the gospel is there. Um, it could be there. So that's just one of the things I would teach my kids. And I think it's important to like t- teach your kids to to have their own have their own convictions about things, whatever, like, you know, have, have your own, like, what, like, what are your convictions about it? Like, right. you know, because I think for, for a long time, and I think, and we cannot negate the fact that if you sit in a ministry that has asked you to, you know, comply with certain standards, you should, because you are part of that ministry. But like, I think when you receive the Holy ghost, you know, what is the the Holy Ghost in you leading you to do about that? Or what is the Holy Ghost in you leading you to, you know, say and, and to go? Because I think at a certain age, like, especially once, you know, a young, a younger person receives the Holy Ghost, that's kind of like, you know, how are you going to allow that to lead and guide your decisions as to like what you decided where when church doors are closed? Because a lot of churches, especially now in 2021, you know, they got a, a definitely there's a standard inside church, but outside of church is almost like, you know, kind of do your own thing. So how are you going to allow the Holy Ghost to lead and guide you outside of the four walls of church? And that goes for attire. That goes for your, your you know, your attitude, how you treat people, all this stuff. How are Character. you going to allow your light to shine? And, you know, I think if I had a child, like, I'm not going to put a skirt on my little girl. She's two years old and she's going to be all playing outside, you know, legs tore open. Just not gonna do it. That's what happened to me. Jolly <laughs> on a two-year-old's head. Like I that's the one thing that's I can't. That's why you put skirts on the mic. Oh well, put I would put a skirt on or put leggings. Put the hot. leggings. Like, yeah, too hot. See now you making excuses. <laughs> we won't go down this road, y'all. We already talked about body. <laughs> but no, no. But I'm just saying, like, and then like another thing, like. You know, I'm not like, even if you go to like a head covering church, like I'm not going to put a dolly on a two-year-old's head. Like, I hate to see that. I hate <laughs> to see it. <laughs> like, you don't like the little dolly on I the hate, head? No, because oh, look, I look, I'm going to remember this. And if your two-year-old got a weave <laughs> in, Mike, I'm going to be like, she if she could wear a weave, she could put on the dolly. <laughs> Stop. No, it's like, you know. I've seen it where I remember the organization we were in, you go to the convocation and you would literally see a two or three year old and they would have like a great big old dolly. Like, what? I'm like, they don't know why they wearing that. Like, cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand the meaning behind that. They don't understand that. the meaning behind that. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, I'm not wearing it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, my oh, kids, yeah. they're not. My daughters ain't wearing no hair covering. Sorry. I got a scripture to back it up. But anyway. I'm dead. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I just want, just let's just read it and follow it. But anyway, it doesn't matter to me. At the end of the day, that's what I want. I just want the church that I go to, I want to align to the standards and I want to agree with the standards 100% so I don't breed confusion for my kids later on down the road. I want to teach, I don't want to teach them church culture. I want to teach them whatever I agree with, with, within what I've learned. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. No. That's just how I feel at this point because I'm just like, Cause to me personally, I just think that's a whole nother segment, but yeah. All right. <laughs> we can go all day. We always talk about this. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I definitely think consistency is key. I think, um, what we're on the name one thing that you would change. Okay. So I, I would definitely communicate more. Y'all obviously know, like my kids going to be wearing skirts or wear dollars. Y'all better not make fun of oh, my yeah, kids. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm going to teach my kids okay. tolerance. <laughs> That's what, son. But like, I, I want to train them in the way that in the way that I believe, in the way I I go. But I also mm-hmm. want them to be like intelligent about the word. I don't want it to be a a thing where it's kind of like just do it because I say so. I think that was the biggest thing I want to change. I, mm-hmm. I want to make sure I inform my kids about the scriptures. And I like Mike pointed out, like 
once they get saved and they're grown, that's up to them about how they want to live their life. I'm not going to be like, hey, you don't got your prayer cap on. Like, I'm not going to press them about it. You know what I mean? But like, I, I'm going to train you in a certain way and I'm going to train you in the way that I that I believe and how I'm convicted until you develop your own convictions. I want to see how all of our kids are going to turn out. It's I'm just so excited. <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't want my kids, like you said, I don't want my kids seeing somebody who doesn't follow our way and thinking that it's the wrong way. Like, cause I think my brother brought this up. He's he's going to be like, you said it wrong. Don't misquote me. But um, he was talking about the scripture where it says, um, stand in the ways and ask for the old path. And like he was saying that there's multiple ways, um, but there is a way that, you know, that gets you there. There is an old path that, you know, and like I was like, that's good to hear is like, because, you know, like everybody had a different journey, but they all made it to heaven as long as we get to the destination. And like we have the same underlying beliefs and like you said i don't want my kid looking at somebody and being like you're going to hell because of x y and z like it's a heart matter it's 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 more than just that it's it's more it's about convictions it's about um make sure you you follow the word of god making sure that you pray it's more than just how you look so i I want my kid to have that type of um that intellect i don't know what to call it (laughs) <laughs> but but that EQ or whatever. So like they know how we believe, but they also are more open and and they don't go around telling everybody that they're going to hell just because they're not they don't look like right. this. like I don't think that's and my right. kid is not going to prom. <laughs> <laughs> she got they might as well go to prom clap. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? That's like sending them to the club. They're not strong enough. They're not strong enough. You for got that. convictions about the club, but not about <laughs> I mean, yeah, my kids, can go, my kids can go to the prom. Like, <laughs> I have convictions about the club because the spirit. Be back in my house by 12 30. 12 30. I would pray for y'all. Stop the saints. Oh, Lord. This oh, Jesus. Help the saints, Lord. Lord. <laughs> well, well, I know the prom doesn't end such well because I know, like, well, my parents didn't give, a, give me a curfew either. It's just like, don't be coming in here like crazy hours. But you didn't have a curfew growing up? <sighs> What? I didn't go anywhere though. I didn't go anywhere like that. Like, <laughs> I don't believe that. Clap, you had a curfew? <laughs> I didn't go out. Only place I, I went was with my like parents, that. and that was the church. Um, I was in church all the time, but yeah, we not doing. Our curfew was ten o'clock. Really? Morning. No, my parents. As long as I call and told my parents where I was, my mom be like, "All right, like just let me know," because a lot of times. It was me going on the street to one of my friends' house from church, and we would just be all at her grandma's house, like right. So they knew where I was, like like my right. now. I was with friends from high school. They had a reason to be concerned because, like, my friends that I went to school with, they were already like going to clubs and stuff. I I, I wasn't doing that at that time, not in high school. Like, you know, I would like drive up the street to like one of my friends from church house, and we would just be over there just singing and stuff like that. And then be home. My parents be like, "Are you still over there?" I be like, "Yes, all right, you know, but just make sure you call and be safe, you know, on the road." But even when I went to prom, like they drove me to my junior prom, my senior prom, I drove and we went out to eat. But my parents just like, "Enjoy yourself, like you know, just be back decent hour." Must be nice. That's how I got in a little trouble missing curfew. Oh yeah, but I wasn't always hanging out with the saints, so. Oh. oh, that's why. See, we was bowling. We wasn't doing nothing crazy. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> How do you honor your parents? Yeah, I just try not to talk back to them, and <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. Just don't talk back. Yeah, just don't. Just just listen. Listen to what they have to say. They're full of wisdom. And full of the spirit. My parents always said, like, how you treat us is how you're going to treat God. Because they're 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 the physical representation. Your father is the head, you know. Your mother is the church. So you know, what I mean. So just same depiction. I like that. I think that that scripture is telling us to make sure that we are in alignment with our parents who have rule over us, you know, and making sure like we are in so many words, making sure we we are being you know respectful to them and making sure that we are honoring them you know making sure we are you know uplifting and even like the way and i even see that the way they taking care of us 
take care of them. You know, the way they have sacrificed for us when they get, you know, up in age, like, you know, make those same sacrifices, you know, for them because they've, they've done that for us. But here's the other side of that, that I just had a conversation with my parents about now. I don't know why I felt like this was going to go left, but (laughs) (laughs) it just did. I was like, wait, hold up. (laughs) The other side of that, like I was guilty for, so I have, I have, there's somebody I know and a friend of mine. And I used to always tell them they had a very toxic relationship with their parents, like where the parent was in the wrong. And I used to say, bro, like that's still your father. That's still your father. You need to, you need to respect that's still your father. That's still your father. And so I had to learn, like, no, like, yeah, you can, you can respect people and you can, you know, still respect people without, you know, being in connection with them. So, and I had to learn that, you know, I don't know what goes on in a relationship between somebody for that to have been a toxic relationship. So I can't sit up there and tell somebody just to, oh, respect your father. If your father was abusive to you, toxic to you, and put you through all of these changes growing up that caused a uh, a, a really bad, you know, it wore on your mental health so bad that you have to get therapy. And I'm going to tell you to, oh, oh, oh you got to respect. I don't, don't care what he did. Like, I can't sit up there and say that. So I had to learn, like, yeah, the scripture says to honor our mother and father, but also on top of that, the Bible also say, like, don't provoke your children. It says it in Proverbs. You know, don't provoke your children. And if it was one of those things where child constantly being provoked all the time, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm going to tell the person, like, oh, you need to respect your father anyway. Your your father didn't do nothing but beat you upside the head and make all kinds of slurs to you. You know, then, you know, how do we deal with that? You know, so... That was one thing that I've I've learned, like, on the other side of that. I know y'all thought I was going to say something crazy, and it was kind of crazy, but, yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. It's, it's interesting because I wanted to ask, like, was the parent saved or not? But, honestly, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Be Like, it, it, you would hope that it does, and you would hope that they would, you know, if they were saved, that they would act differently. But mm-hmm. sometimes relationships just aren't like that. Sometimes, like, your parents are still trying to learn the walk as well. Right. So take that into consideration. Don't be so hard on them when it comes to certain things because they're still learning, like we all are. Yeah, no, that's that's true. But the the person I was referring to is, is someone I don't think they're in church. Church. Okay, mm-hmm. then all right. Yeah. Yeah. So you had that church mentality coming at them. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, and that's what it was. It was this church mentality. Like, no, you still got to respect them. I don't care what you did. Still, your father. I'm like, whoa, Mike, pump your Michael. You pump your brakes because, like, I had a great relationship with my mother and father, but that's not everybody's story, and mm-hmm. and it was not something of their fault. It was just the way like things the chips landed, and I had to learn just stay out of it and just be a listening ear in that moment, and just be like, you know what, I I get it, I understand, you know. So, yeah, and there's definitely still a way that you can honor, even if, like you said, the relationship is not that great. Like I remember my dad, he used to really rely on the scripture when he was angry about going to the rooftop when you're angry and like dealing with it that way. So you don't have to go to it for two for your parents, but everybody doesn't have the opportunity. I will say that. But um, for me, when I was a kid, I was very much like a, a pew baby that would just sit and just listen and just take everything in, <laughs> like, and just take it as a sponge. I wasn't really like pushed back on anything or anything like that. Like I would, I would do so on my head, but I wouldn't do it openly. And now that I'm older and I'm able to communicate more with my parents, um, I have to like take a step back and think like, am I, am I still like honoring them? Am I still being disrespectful? Am I still being respectful? Or <laughs> yeah. Or am I getting- yeah, you are. <laughs> you just being, you saying it. That's all. You just saying what you were thinking all these years. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you Don't know. Don't provoke your children to rap. <laughs> right. And you know, we've had discussions and like, that's the, that's the beautiful thing about being an adult now with your parents yes. is that you can have a more mature relationship. But then also you don't want to get to a place where, you know, like my parents never treated me as their friend and I don't see right. them as that either. My mom, she like wants to get into like the friend thing. It's weird. No. And I'm listening to her and I'm like, no, sis, we'll never be yeah. friends. I yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're sisters in Christ and that's Yes. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> What's up with that? We gotta talk right. about that. They, I, my mom did the same thing. I just was like, we don't hang out together. They're like, you're my mom. <laughs> I actually used to hang out with my parents. I used to enjoy that. You were the only kid. Yeah. Right. I used to look forward to like us going out, like just three of us. And oh, why don't you do that now? Yeah, we do it now. Yes. Like, oh, that's now. what you say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I don't like I used to say I consider them my best friends, but I don't want to lose that level of respect either. Right. Because like certain things in subjects are like off limits, like hmm. you know, relationships. Like what? New stuff. Okay. You know, like relationships and stuff like that. That's off limit. Because like that's none of that's really none of your business. Like what you mean that your parents though? That's all their business. No, they got they gotta make sure Jezebel not trying to get their son. Are you serious? Shoot. Uh, I mean, because it's like, I don't know, just because, but you know, like once I make that decision, that's when I'll like, okay, y'all can come in now, but no, mm-mm. no, but. Understood. All right. Well, are there any final comments and being raised in the way, honoring your parents, anything like that? Follow the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. At the end of the day, and. Please maintain the standard. Whatever standard you decide to uphold, be consistent because, I mean, that's what helped. I believe that's what helped all of us stay in the faith, no matter what my earrings and all. (laughs) It helped us all still even get deeper, actually, in the faith and what we actually believe and what we're actually doing here on this earth and our mission. Right. Celebrate your family. Give people their flowers while, while you can. Amen. Amen. Music ministry. So... I've been listening to quite a bit of good music this week. Uh, has there been anything burning you all have been listening to um, this week that you would like to share with us on the podcast? Something that we can add to our playlist, something that will encourage us to go a little further, something we can sing in the shower. I got plenty of those. <laughs> so, <no. laughs> um, so I got a little bit of old Y'all know Myrna Summers, Uncloudy Day. Oh, they tell me of an uncloudy day. Yeah, I was listening to that and what else I was listening to? Uh, Karen Clark shared It's Not Over. So uh, there goes, it's not over until God says it's over. That one. That's about it. My my playlist is kind of mixed up because I was working out this week. So, yeah. Um, so my brother sent me this art, this new song by um, All Nations Music featuring Chandler Moore. It's called... Bless your name. Oh, I love that song. That was about to be my song this week. Oh, Lord. What? (laughs) You know, you're fine. I love that song. So I'm just going to play a little bit. Very great song. Um, Put you right into worship. Amen. Then there was one other song that I wanted to. I Won't Go Back by William McDowell. Oh, that's okay. That's has been in my spirit. And it was a song that we used to sing a lot in college. Um, Back when worship music had just started like coming into play, like Floaty You was really big and Mm. with some other Tasha Cobb's um, smile. Oh, yeah. Uh, Laughing on the track. Yeah, on that one she was. <laughs> my worship take joy in it, but there was a lot of good worship songs back then, but I won't go back.
Because that's when, see, that's when the black churches started really incorporating slow worship songs a lot. I feel. I'm glad we did. Yeah, I am. I'm still getting used to it, but. Um, yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> we wait for him to get indoctrinated. Sometimes I'd be like, you know, how many times they're going to give themselves away up there? How so many stars? times? <laughs> I uh Oh, I listened to Hezzy. I listened to Second Chance all this week. They're just crank. Oh, that's the that's a joint. That's the song you sing for the message. Yes. <laughs> Lord, I'm tired of the way that I am. Yes. Dominic. Monique. Oh, Monique. Sorry. <laughs> Same thing. Um, I got three songs I want to play. So last week I was trying to find that song. Jesus said, you can lean on me. Well, I found it today on YouTube, the whole version. It has to be from South Carolina. Um, this version and I listen to just the way it's, it's, it's the rhythm is and the way it's um, going on. But here it is. Jesus said, if you lean on me, I won't let you fall. Jesus said, you can Yes, it was good. They standing outside singing it flat foot and the little boy on the drums, whoever's on the drums is just killing the drums. We love to see it. The second song I want to play is uh, Professor Wilbur Belton and Company from Church of Jesus Christ, the historic Church of Jesus Christ in Washington, D.C., Bishop uh, John Leslie. Uh, here's God's Anointed by Professor Belton and Company. you guys a little bit different on a different route this week it's a song called how excellent it's called psalm eight by stephen anderson and resolve a little bit of a different vibe if you like it just kind of rock your shoulders a little bit here it is right here So, yes, if you have a youth praise team, it's Youth Sunday. You got the middle school and high school kids up there doing praise and worship. Quick and easy song they can sing before they start to sing I Won't Go Back by Wilma McDowell, okay? Yeah, Lord. <laughs> I like Fred Hammond a little bit, that man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear him of the week this week. So, uh, going into the show, we uh, Ron talked about uh, Garfield T. Haywood. Um, he wrote a song called I See a Crimson Stream of Blood. It flows from Calvary. It, it waves which reach the throne of God are sweeping over me. That is the main verse of the song. Uh, that's the chorus of the song. I'm sorry. But one of the verses, I'm only going to do one verse. It says, on Calvary Hill of Sorrow, where sin's demands were paid and rays of hope for tomorrow across our path were laid. Um, so one of the hymns of the church, I see a crimson stream. If uh, There's a really good recording of it on YouTube with Bishop uh, Norman Wagner. That's what they used to open their broadcast up with in the 80s. Um, so you can really listen to a recording of that song. Um, that's all for our music music ministry this week. Sorry. I don't know why I want to call it a music segment. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Who wants to close us out? Clap and close us out. No, I always close out. We closed out last week. Ron. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Just, uh, huh? All right. Let the words of my mouth. Let, Let the, the words, words of my, my mouth. mouth. And the meditation of my heart. The meditation, meditation of my, of my heart. heart. Be acceptable in thy sight. Acceptable in that sight. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. My strength. My strength. And my redeemer. My redeemer. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Jesus, be a fence. Oh. oh, okay. <laughs> All around me. Yeah, we could do multiple songs after that. Tap for boom. Jesus, Jesus. You about to go back into the devotion. Like and all it, I'm a pew baby.